Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Did y'all see what that scalawag Richard Cross just did? Didn't promote this show one bit. He's got jealous eyes, brother. I can't even look at him. It makes me sick to my stomach. It's thunder and lightning. Love you, Richard, if you're listening. Here on Super Talk Mississippi, Rhino down there in Studio X. He'll make sure everything uh, goes according to plan tonight. As much as we have a plan on this show, I'm Brian Haydad. Thank you for joining me here on a Wednesday evening. We appreciate that. Here's a headline I just saw here on Twitter. Jason Kelsey dominates Philly radio host in beer chugging contest for charity. Anybody wants to have a go, just holler at me. We'll just set someone up for charity. We'll make the Palmer home some money and have some beer. I'm down. I don't know who I don't know who they would send up against me. Yeah, but I'm I'm in. I'm in for that. Uh, we got a good show. We got a lot to talk about. We got a a really good football topic that uh, my co-host Robbie Falk brought up on what is going to be tomorrow's uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast. We'll do that in just a minute. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball. Uh, we we got to talk some baseball because there's a lot of questions about that sport. But we'll start with what's becoming a recurring theme here on this show, both figuratively and literally. All right. When does it end? When do these commitments stop rolling in for Zach Arnett? Uh, on Saturday night, he picked up a commitment from what a what an incredible name, Jimothy Lewis. Not not Jim, not James. Jimothy, love it. Four star offensive lineman out of IMG Academy, but originally a native of Mississippi, played at MRA and then transferred down to IMG uh, to to you know to sort of put himself out there to get more offers, which he did. This is a guy, when you look at the offer sheet, he's got them all. He's got all the big names on there. Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Louisville, LSU, Miami, Michigan, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Tennessee. He's got them all. This is a big-time commitment for Mississippi State, and I'll be honest, one that I didn't see coming and one that, that really caught me off guard, you know, was I was surprised, you know, had heard some some very faint rumblings, no pun intended there, that Lewis had come to Starkville and I knew he had visited Starkville and that visit had gone well and that state had been able to make a little headway there. But back in March, you know, Lewis released a top ten and state wasn't in it. And so it went from that to this. So that's it was a very surprising get uh for, for me from Mississippi State, but a very good get for Mississippi State. State now with six four-star players recruited, are committed. 
Obviously a way to signing day. But again, last year only four four stars signed with the Mississippi State. So if it holds right now, if, if nothing else changes, they'll sign two more. Then they signed a season. Goes all right. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I got it right. Harold Burnside, Lewis, Hibbler, Flowers, and Woodland, all four-star players. So, but Lewis is you know when you look at these guys, Flowers you know is an out-of-state guy, but state got him really, really early in the process. I feel like if he had let his recruitment go a little while longer, he might have blown up a little bit more. The other four guys are all in-state guys: Woodland, Hibbler, Burnside, and Harold. To go into Florida and get a player out of IMG, I mean that, that, that's a good that's a good commitment. That's that's one that uh that that stands out to me. And then on Tuesday, state goes uh, state comes back into the state of Mississippi and gets a guy from just the greatest city in this entire state, Vicksburg, Mississippi, Vicksburg High School, the real Gators, Tyler Carter, uh, six foot six, two hundred. This is a 17-year-old, a 16, 17-year-old kid. He's 6'6 and 251. So that tells you something there. This is a kid who had, no one knew about him prior to the top dog camp. And you know, we keep coming back to the top dog camp as that was the impetus for all this recruiting momentum. This is a guy who showed up at top dog camp, who, you know, didn't go to many camps last year, was more of a baseball guy, which I can't imagine a guy at 6'6, 251 playing high school baseball. Just walk him. It's not, it's not worth it to put one over the, the plate. But shows up at camp, does really, really well, and, and he caught the eye of David Turner. And, I mean, when you catch the eye of David Turner, Mississippi State's defensive line coach, a man who has put how many guys into the NFL and recruited how many guys into the that ended up in the NFL, when he catch his eye, I, I mean, that's somebody who's, you know, whose opinion I'm going to take seriously. There are some assistant coaches out there that, you know, they say, okay, we want to offer this guy. I buy into what they're selling. David Turner is one of those guys. So three-star defensive end. There's a lot of hype around this kid, though, that if he has the kind of senior year that you you would expect from him, he could be a four-star player by the end of it. So stayed up to 17th in the national rankings. And and quite honestly, when you you look at who they, they should be able to bring in the rest of the way, Probably going to stay pretty close to this area. I think. I think maybe drop down to twenty twenty one. But this is going to be a top twenty five class for Mississippi State. Uh, currently sixth in the SEC, which I mean, state being in the top half of the SEC is really impressive. When you, especially when you consider, I mean, Georgia's obviously sitting at number one. Florida's at four. They've had a tremendous offseason recruiting. LSU is uh, number nine overall, but number three in the SEC. Tennessee twelve. South Carolina, another team that's having a great. Uh, recruiting go of it in the early season. They have eight four stars committed, and they're likely to get another one uh, in a few weeks when uh, the the player out of Meridian, Daniel Hill, is leaning that way. From what I'm told, so we'll see. It's really funny when you look at Alabama; they only have nine commitments, four four stars and three five stars. Though you know they're going to shoot up. They'll finish up with ten ten five stars and ten four stars, and and, and yeah, they're going to be a top. Five class when it's all over, all said and done. So that'll bump state down. Ole Miss is at eighteen, uh, four three four four stars committed, uh, eleven three stars committed. So we'll see how you know how that class pans out. And you know there's, gonna, there's still going to be battles. Obviously, you know Ole Miss isn't going to tap out. They were they were very high on Lewis. They thought they might have a chance with him. They're they're, they're not going to tap out on Harold. Probably won't tap out on uh, on Burnside either. They're they're, they're going to recruit those guys all the way down. But 
better to have them in the boat and better to have them in your in your your class than not. You know, it's it's it's, it's always better, I would think, to, to 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 you know be able to have the most important part. We've already gotten them committed on your side. I, I, it would be foolish to think that you would want to be on the outside looking in on any of these guys. And the other thing to remember is when you have a recruiting, when you have momentum, it just it tends to find a way to keep going. And that appears to be the case for Mississippi State. There's a lot of smoke that this weekend Mississippi State will add another potential four-star commitment. Now, if you if you look at the in-state guys, who would that lend itself to? Um, I, I don't think Camarian Franklin, who's a, actually a five-star guy, is is an option for Mississippi State. I think he's looking to go out of state. If he does stay in state, he's probably going to go to Ole Miss. I don't see that if they are going to flip a guy like Cameron Beavers, I think that would be later in the process. I think that will be a battle. The end. Ole Miss will work really, really hard to keep him, and probably will, in my opinion. I think Beavers remains in the class for Ole Miss. I mentioned Daniel Hill. I, I just don't think he wants to stay in state. I think he South Carolina's done a really good job with him. So then you go to the other two guys in the top ten that are four-star guys. Nareel White, the athlete out of St. Martin High School down in Ocean Springs. He's committed to Arkansas. And then Kanan Daniels, the running back from West Point. You would like to think Kanan Daniels is going to end up in this class. A great athlete from West Point just down the road from Starkville. But it's going to be tough to flip him. There's some external factors at work there. So is it Nareel White? I don't know. I don't know if that's that's the case or not. I do know that there's been a lot of smoke around his name. Uh, he's a guy that I think for Mississippi State would come in and play as a defensive back. But he's a good athlete. They could put him on offense for sure. And then you're talking about having three guys between him, Harrell, and and, and Burnside that would uh, that would really be uh, a, a tremendous trio of freshman wide receivers for Mississippi State. But I think I think White is more of a defensive player overall. So we'll see what comes and goes this Saturday. But it, that's 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 the uh, what the uh, smoke signals are telling us that we should expect another addition to this class. Say what you want about anything else. This has been a really impressive run by Mississippi State from a recruiting perspective, and, and in, in a way that probably most people would not have predicted. But that's what Zach Arnett, when he was hired and when he hired his assistant coaches, he talked about. He's like, we want to recruit this state harder than anybody and get those players. This is a great year for talent in the state of Mississippi. You've got uh, 14 four-star players in this state. state's already got commitments from four of them and would like to add maybe one more uh, this weekend. So we shall see. We'll talk some more football when we come back. Got a great topic, I think, that we're going to discuss and get get some ideas on. You're welcome to hit me up on the text line, 601-879-4395. It's Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back 
on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Thanks for joining me. I'm Brian Adad. Rhino's down there. He's spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons, both figuratively and literally. Keep us. Uh, he's keeping us on the air, basically. If it weren't for him, it would be it would be you know a, a tragedy, a Greek tragedy. Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. So thank you, Rhino. I appreciate you uh, being on with me. So here's what I want to ask you guys. And like I said, I would definitely want to get y'all's thoughts on this. Text line is open, 601-879-4395. Mississippi State has two three-game stretches that I have my eye on. One of them is goes home game, road game, home game. The other one goes road game, home game, road game. One's in September, one's in November. All right, partly in October, but you see what I'm getting at. So which one's more important for State this year? Which one is it more important to say that they went 2-1 and one in? And I, I'm going to say 2-1 and because there's no way they're going 3-0 and oh in one of these. So week 3, week 4, week 5, this is as brutal a schedule as anybody could ever want. At LSU at home, at South Carolina, Alabama at home. Of all these games, Alabama's the one that's unwinnable to me. They're not, they're not going to beat Alabama. But could they beat LSU? Yes, they could beat LSU. Are they going to beat LSU? You said, Brian, put your money on it today? No, I would not put my money on that today. I probably won't put my money on it the week off, regardless of what happens the first two weeks. I expect LSU to come into that game one, one and one. I think Florida State will get them week one. I expect State to come into that game two and zero, oh. but I expect LSU to be probably a, a touchdown favorite in that game. So that's what you've got week three, week four, week five. Then you have week uh, nine. Uh, I, 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 let me do the math here. I guess it technically would be from a game perspective, it would be eight, nine, and ten. At Auburn, Kentucky at home. At Texas A&M, I would tell you this: if State goes two and one in both of those stretches, well, then they probably only they may have only lost one game. They may have only lost to Alabama, so I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I think they can go two and one for sure in the in the latter stretch. I, I, right now, right now, my prediction for Mississippi State is eight and four. Um, and I, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've sort of, I'm sort of in the same boat that I've asked people about and I've mentioned that I think if Mike Leach were, were still with us and everything was kind of the same, I might say nine and three. But I just feel like with Zach Arnett, first year head coach, he's going to, he might let one get away. I don't know what it is. I, I'm just telling us where I am. But right now, I think state loses to LSU, Alabama for sure. I think I mean Texas A&M is is more talented than Mississippi State. I know State's had the upper hand in that the past couple of years, but on the road, I, I just feel like A&M is going to win that game right now. I'll change. My, I might change my mind when we get there in November. Very, 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 very positive that that could happen. And then between the other road games of South Carolina, Auburn, and Arkansas, they drop one more. Maybe South Carolina. It's so early in the season. South Carolina, by the way, I don't know if you're aware of this. So State, I just mentioned. LSU at South Carolina, um, Alabama. South Carolina that those three weeks has at Georgia, Mississippi State, at Tennessee. So they have it worse somehow. Don't ask me how that. The conference schedule makers did those teams no favors. So is it more important for State to get off to a strong start? I think, I mean, if they were 4-1 and one at the end of, of September, everybody would be like, this team is rolling. Zach Arnett has, has got them going. He looks like he's a great coach. 
I would tell you, at four, if they were four and one, they might be favored in almost every game the rest of the way, but until, unless they lost something they shouldn't. So there's one way to look at it. But then you talk about the stretch run. I mean, let's say that at that point in the season that they're they're what uh, five and two, something like that. That'd be right. Yeah. You know, you don't want you don't want to come into that stretch and lose two out of three. You know, because then your last two are Southern Miss and the Egg Bowl. You don't you don't want to be on a a downturn when those two games are coming up. So which three games are more important? Which 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 is the more important? Coming from the seven six nine, the state goes eleven and two this year. I mean, I, I I love the confidence. I don't I don't mind that. I would say the South the SEC the I'm sorry the South South Carolina game is most important. SEC road wins are huge. That's the thing though that you're going to have to remember with this Mississippi State team is they're going to have to find road wins. If they want to have the kind of season they want to have, they have to find road wins because all four of their road games they have eight home games. They should be able to win. Five to six games at home. I don't think, I don't think, right now, I don't think they'll beat LSU and I don't think they'll beat Alabama, but Southeast Louisiana, um, Arizona, Western Michigan, Southern Miss, and then Kentucky, and I would say the, the Egg Bowl right now. If they can win those games, you got the base, the foundation for a great season. If you can just win two of your four road games. Dwayne and Brandon, well, based on what you said earlier, Will was not good on the road last year, and you hope he's better this year. Yeah. Yeah, plenty of hope, because I think that State will do more offensively to help him. Go back and watch the games against Kentucky and uh, and uh, LSU and uh, and uh, and Alabama. I mean, Alabama, again, it's Alabama, but State didn't run the football. They, they didn't try to be balanced. They didn't give Rodgers any help. Two years ago, Rodgers was great on the road. Even in their two losses to Memphis and to, to Arkansas, Rodgers played well and was really good at A&M, was really good against Vanderbilt, and was outstanding, probably the best game of his career, against uh, Auburn. And even prior to that, if you go back to 2020, Rodgers started two games on the road. They were best two, his best two games of the, of the year. At Georgia, he played really, really well in that game. And then in the Egg Bowl, he had a better game than Corral. He threw for 440 yards, which is an Egg Bowl record. Defensively, State just made bad plays. And, of course, you have the fumble, which was a 14-point swing in that game, where Austin Williams is going in, he fumbles it, and Ole Miss recovers it, and scores two plays later. Yeah, Will, Will can definitely have a great season on the road. And they're going to have to have him do it. So that, you know, those are two three-game stretches where if State goes 4-2 and two in that stretch, then they're probably an 8-4, and 9-3 and three team. They go 3-3 three and three in that stretch, now, 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 now. I mean, even even three and three in those in those six games, you could go nine and three if you win the other games that I was just talking about. Now you got to win at Arkansas too. I got to throw that in. Didn't we? Even, we didn't mention that. But Arkansas is such an interesting team to me this year in the SEC because I just don't know what to make of them. I don't like their two. Their, I don't really like their coordinator hires, and that's after they were they lose Bryles and uh, and Odom, who may have been the best coordinators. Arnett ain't going to win his very first Egg Bowl. There was a stretch there. Yeah. So Leach and Kiffin sort of broke it because uh, Leach and Kiffin coached their first Egg Bowl at the same time. But Nutt, Mullen, Freeze, Moorhead, I'm sorry, Luke, Moorhead, and Kiffin all won their first Egg Bowl. 
So six of the last seven coaches to coach in their first Egg Bowl won their first Egg Bowl. But the difference is obviously Kiffin and Leach coached their first Egg Bowl in the same game. But CC and Centopia, the winning the first Egg Bowl is, is kind of a tradition at this point. I'm trying to remember back. Kroom did not win his first Egg Bowl. Uh, Cutcliffe did not win his first Egg Bowl. Tuberville did. And Jackie did. Brewer, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm not going back that far. Felker didn't. I know that. But, yeah, recent history says that a coach coaching in his first Egg Bowl wins his first Egg Bowl. So we'll see how that goes. And, of course, it's in Starkville. That's a big plus for Mississippi. Although the road team now has won what? The last two? State's won two of the last three in Oxford. Ole Miss has won... Two of the last three in Starkville, 17 and 21, but lost in 19. The Egg Bowl situation. Absolutely nothing normal about the Egg Bowl in any way, shape, or form. It never will be. But that's what we love about it. So We did the whole segment earlier about state optimistic versus pessimistic and overachieve versus underachieve. I feel like I'll have a really good grasp of what state is after game three. And maybe even after game two, if they go out and just dominate Arizona, I'm going to feel pretty good about them going the rest of the way. You know, if they go out there and they struggle against Arizona and then LSU pushes them around, I'm going to be worried about them. I still think that they're probably a, a seven-win team at worst. But I, I say that, and, and, and it's something that I firmly believe. With Mississippi State, there's no gimme games. Even, you know, Southeast Louisiana, probably a gimme game, right? Because that's, that's an FCS team. But State is just not so talented that they can just show up and just play as bad as they want and still win. Alabama's so talented, they could show up against their group of five teams and just win because it's not an issue. they got too much talent. They'll find a way. State is not like that. State could lose to Southern. State could lose to Western Michigan if they play as poorly as they can. We'll see. Should be a fun season. Nothing else. We'll switch to baseball when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Let it run. Yeah. Is this Thunder and Lightning or Headbangers Ball? You tell me. It is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Adad, Rhino down there. He's the one picking out all the great tunes we're listening to. If you ever missed this podcast, you know where to find it. It's wherever you get podcasts. And especially, you can always get it at supertalk.fm, which is a website that if you don't have it bookmarked, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to help you guys out here. 
How about a free website with all the news and sports and opinion that matters in the state of Mississippi? All in one place. Doesn't cost you anything. Would you like that? Are you interested in that? Then bookmark supertalk.fm. Well, you can always find every piece of content that I put out. And this week we've had some great stuff on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. We talked to the king of college football media, in my opinion, right now, Josh Pate, earlier this week. Uh, we talked to John Hale of the Lexington Herald Leader. That'll be on tomorrow's podcast for our opponent preview, talking about the Kentucky uh, Wildcats. And we did an interview that I, I genuinely enjoyed. And, Rhino, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Mississippi State baseball, not the only national champion on that campus. That's correct. Mississippi State's irrigation troubleshooting team won a national championship earlier this year. Now, would you like to know more? I'm sure you would. Go to supertalk.fm. You can find that interview that I did with Dylan Rushing of the Mississippi State, of the, I'm sorry, of the national champion irrigation troubleshooting team. Find out more about that. I, I was fascinated by it. Just the, that there's a national championship for irrigation troubleshooting. Who would have guessed? So, uh, speaking of baseball, I want to give a shout out to one of our one of my listeners on the podcast. I, I'm going to make an assumption that Colton listens here. Colton Watson sent me this question. We do a if you don't listen to Thunder and Lightning the podcast, we do a weekly mailbag that we call the Rumblings. People send us questions, we answer them. You can ask whatever you want. You know, sports, not sports, don't care. But this was his question, and it really struck a chord with me. Rank these tasks for Mississippi State baseball according to how badly they're needed. Getting two to three starter portal pitchers. Sanjay Lofton, Sierra, Gibbs, Tapper, Forsyth making big jumps. Simmons, Auger, maybe Pico Khan back next year. Retaining Aaron Nixon, Casey Hunt, Cade Smith. Signing a legit, legit portal third baseman. He asked me to rank them. They're all number one. The state has to do everything on this list if, for me to say that this was some sort of successful offense. And they can't do it all. I don't think they're going to keep Nixon, Hunt, and Cade Smith. They need to keep at least one of them. I don't know what you want out of the keep. Aaron Nixon, who I thought was was solid last year, or Cade Smith, just because I think he could be a really good Saturday-Sunday starter. I don't think he can be your Friday night guy, but he can be a Saturday-Sunday guy for sure. Getting Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger would be huge for Mississippi State. They were really good two seasons ago before injuries cut them short. You would expect your young freshman to take a step forward especially with a new coach in there. By the way, I'm efforting, I love using that word, efforting to have Justin Parker either on this show or on with uh, the podcast with me. So hopefully we'll make that happen soon, Mississippi State's new pitching coach, because he's got a big job in front of him. Right off the top of the bat, you've got to shave two and a half runs off your team ERA. Two and a half runs. You play 56 games. You're giving up. He gave up an average last year in SEC play. Well, in SEC play, they got to shave like four and a half runs. I mean, their SEC ERA was over 10. 10? That's earned runs per game. Ish. And they go into the portal. I mean, I don't think you can find another Paul Skeens. I think Skeens is one of one. I don't know that there will ever be another guy like that. What an incredible season for him. But you've got to go out and get a couple of guys that you can say, we're going to pencil them in for Friday and Saturday and feel good about it. That's going to be tough. Oh, by the way, it's June 28th, and nobody is committed to Mississippi State yet. And then you got to get a third baseman. 
Slade Alford's gone into the portal. Marshawn is not a third baseman. I don't know that you really have a guy on, on the roster that can just step in and be that third baseman. They got to go find a guy who can, you know, get in there and give them some some good good at bats. But more importantly, field at a decent clip. Alford's fielding percentage last year was awful in that third base side. I got a friend text me. I'm like, you know where I am. You know that I'm working right now. Like, I, 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 why are we texting me? That's a tough ask for anybody, let alone a program coming off of back-to-back seasons like Mississippi State is because you're not exactly, you know, like fan support, facilities, everything is great here at Mississippi State, sure. But players want to win, too, and, and you're coming off of back-to-back awful seasons. That's a tougher, that's a tougher sell than you think. If I really wanted to rank them, I really did. If I was, if I was going to try to, to be honest, getting the portal pitchers is probably, I think getting the portal pitchers and the, the, the guys making the big jumps are 1A, 1B. Because quite honestly, if you, if Sunjay and Lofton took a big jump forward, they could be Friday and Saturday night guys. They have the talent. You'd be in good shape there. And then Gibbs, Tapper, Forsyth, and Sierra all in the bullpen giving you some solid innings with Simmons and Auger possibly coming back. And then if you can get Cade Smith. If you told me next year that Gerangelo Sanjay and Bradley Lofton are going to pitch their, their, their potential, which is high, very high, and that Cade Smith was the third starter, okay, I can work with that. That is, that is a reasonable, that is a decent starting three rotation for Mississippi State. But they do have to go into the, the portal, I think, and get a couple guys. Because I, I mean, I think those guys can take jumps, but I don't know that they're ready to be Friday, Saturday guys. I just don't. So they got to get at least one guy out of the portal. At least one. Keeping Nixon, I mean, just to, to know who your closer is. You also have Nate Dom back next year. So, I mean, that's going to help you a lot. But keeping Nixon would be huge. I, I think Casey Hunt kind of just is what he is at this point, you know. He can give you an inning or so, but he's not somebody I'm really going to trust out there at all times. That's a guy that I think if you could go back in time, he would have taken where he was drafted a season ago. He won't be drafted as high this year, I don't think. But then, you know, third baseman, <laughs> right now if somebody hits the ball to third, there's nobody there. I feel like I feel like we're playing money ball here. Remember that scene where they were talking about Giambi being gone? Like if anybody hits the ball to first base, there's nobody standing there. Same for Mississippi State right now. You know, I don't know what's going to happen with Amani Larry at second, but I feel like State's going to be okay in the middle of the infield. Obviously, Hunter Hines will be the full-time first baseman this year. But they got to put some money on the hot corner. And that somebody needs to field it around 960 or above. You can't have what you had a season ago with, with that, with that, with that defense. That, that's just not going to work, uh, for anybody. Alford last year, Alford was really surprising to me last year because he had such a great summer that I thought, okay, maybe he's going to come in and really take off. And, I mean, from a batting perspective, he was not great. And then from a fielding perspective, he was just really poor. He fielded 835 on the season. How many errors on the year? Uh, He had 13 I mean, in how many chances? 79 chances, 13 errors. Second on the team in errors behind Lane Forsythe, who's uh, transferred to Oklahoma State. I saw that the other day. Wish him the best. Wish him luck. 
28 errors between two guys. How many did the whole team? The team had 65 errors on the season. So those two guys were, were responsible for about 45, 46% of the errors. That's really rough. To, for, I mean, and that's that's the that's the one side of your infield. I mean, one thing it was the first baseman and the shortstop. That's if they hit a ball to the left on the ground, they had a much they had a really good chance of it going through for a base hit. Yeesh. Hey, Dad, my face is getting smaller. Is it a secret how much you've lost? I no, I'm, I'm down um, fifty-seven pounds. I'm in the I'm like a pork butt right now. I'm in the stall. I've had to start exercising because I'm, I'm not doing as much. Why do you think Lamonis is having so much trouble in the transfer portal considering how many needs we have pitching? And on offense, we were ninth in the SEC in runs scored. So it's not like we were upper half in the conference scoring runs. Yeah, I've seen a lot of like, oh, State will be fine offensively. Okay. I mean, they were just average a season ago. Why do I think they're having so much trouble? Because I don't think people have a lot of faith. You know? If you're a pitcher and you saw Landon Gartman last year transfer in and take a big step back, not say it's a step, it's a step up from the AAC to the uh, to the SEC. But I mean, you know, the way State performed last year, transfers want to win. They want to come in and be able to, to win games. So the guys that State needs to bring in, the kind of players that they need to be in, be, be in on, may not want to be in on Mississippi State right now. We'll see what happens. It's going to be, it's going to be a really interesting season. I mean, if you said right now what I think is going to happen, I don't think they're going to be very good next year. That's just my opinion right now. They got a lot of work to do in this offseason to get back to where they need to be, and I mean where they need to be, hosting regionals. Top fifteen team. Don't talk. Don't don't come at me with oh they're a two seed in somebody else's regionals. That's not Mississippi State's baseball. That's not what they spent sixty million dollars for for a new stadium. We'll wrap it up when we come back. It's thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Thunder and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. I will always laugh at if they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. So funny. Jack Crystal, the king. Miss him every day. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi, wrapping things up with you here on a Wednesday evening. Don't forget, uh, if, you, if you ever miss this podcast, it's available wherever you get podcasts. So Apple or Spotify. I had a friend of mine complaining today. She she uses Stitcher Radio. They're going out. They're out of business. It's like, yeah, finally got to pay for something. But she's an Android user, so she doesn't get the Apple stuff. So, And she's one of those diehards. Those like, I'll never switch to Apple, uh, you know, so, whatever. Pay for Spotify then. I say that I have Apple and I, I still pay for Spotify, but still, regardless, great stuff on the podcast this week. We wrap, we put in together a lot of great interviews this summer. We've hit up a lot of the top names in college football media. We're doing our opponent previews right now. We're having a lot of fun, so it's a really good stuff. And then don't forget tomorrow, 
Uh, myself and Robbie Falk, we will be in Louisville, Mississippi at Lake Tiacata. Tiacata? Which is uh, going to be an Indian word for fried catfish tomorrow because they were part of the Thunder and Lightning Summer Catfish Tour. Brought to you by the good folks at Superior Catfish. We'll be eating fried catfish at the restaurant there at the lake, which I'm really looking forward to. Some great uh, guests. Obviously, we'll have some one on from Superior. We'll have some uh, some of the locals on. And Bart Gregory will join us as well. We'll talk some MSU football with him. We'll talk some baseball with him. He That's a guy, you know, calls the games for the SEC Network, so he sees as much Mississippi State baseball as anybody. Interested to hear his thoughts on, on, on this baseball program and where it is right now. Because I... I, I I get the concern, you know, you, 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 you win a national title, you expect to take off, you expect to launch yourself into a new stratosphere where you become, it becomes more of a regular thing. Instead, you've taken this massive step back. And Ole Miss did it too this year. It's, 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 the, it's really, really one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in sports. The last two national champions finished last and second to last and both don't make it to Hoover. I guess LSU's just out of luck. Good luck in the basement next year, Tigers. I'll I'll believe that when I see it. So I'm interested to get Bart's thoughts. Should be a lot of fun. This has been a load of fun traveling around the state. We've got one more stop lined up uh, after that. We're going to be in, I can't, I, I didn't know this city existed, by the way, until this tour. But we're going to Algoma, Mississippi uh, later. Do you, real quick, Rhino, do you know where Algoma, Mississippi is? I do. They have a delicious buffet there that's where we're going they're going to seafood junction in algoma that's going to be on a saturday uh, july 15th we're taking next week off but we will be uh, in algoma for some delicious fried seafood there and then maybe some more coming i don't know i don't know i i just go where they tell me all right they just say brian you need to go to this place i, th- I take that back they don't say that they say hey dad you need to go to these places and i and i just show up and i eat the catfish Last week in Clarkson at Clarkson's General Store, outstanding food. And then i got to give a shout-out to those folks, by the way. Good people at Clarkson's General Store because I'm sitting at home Friday and I get a Facebook message from the owner and he's like, you left your credit card in the in the uh, parking lot. Now, I want to show you all something real quick here. Let me, oh, it's not, I don't have it in my pocket. It's in my car. Never mind. But I use a money clip. I don't have a wallet. So it's not like it could have, you know, I have a money clip. Like, how did it fall out of my pants? I don't know. I didn't use my credit card for anything there. You know, Superior picks up the tab for lunch, thankfully, because that was a big lunch. So I don't, I don't know how that happened, but they, they, he was like, if you, I've got it, you want to come get it. A lot of people in this world would have just been like, hey, free credit card. Not the good folks at Clarkson's General Store. I want to thank them. Plus, it gave me an excuse to go back the next day. I went back on Saturday and ate lunch there, and so I got some more delicious fried catfish. That's a great place to go eat, guys. They got a forty ounce porterhouse. If you if you're not a seafood guy, they got the cow covered too. Forty ounce porterhouses available every weekend, and at Clarkson's General Store. So yeah, I've and I mean I'm sitting here. I'm just going to say this. I said this on the air on Sports Talk. I'll say it again here. These restaurants are so lucky that I'm trying to lose weight. You have no idea. If I wasn't on a diet, if I wasn't watching my calories. And I, they just sent me in there, and they were like, oh, yeah, hey, Dad, you don't have to worry about paying for lunch. Get what you want. There might not be enough fish in the state of Mississippi to, 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 to satisfy my appetite. I would crush these places. They'd be looking like, why is our food cost so out of whack? Well, hey, Dad was in here on Thursday, and we had to keep feeding him. 
Hell are lucky. Count your blessings. That I'm that I'm trying to trying to you know lose some stuff. Leach went to Seafood Junction and now go. Okay, if Leach went, there you go. I'll take that. Can you get Jay Powell on to talk about the pitching woes? Yeah, I think we might need to do that. If not on this show, on the podcast for sure, but one way or the other. Jay Powell, we might need to have him on. But like I said, I want to get Justin Parker on. I want to talk to him. Get it straight from the horse's mouth about, about what, what he's going to do and how he, what his plan is. So we'll see. Guys, another great Wednesday with you. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, interacting with me. Even you, CC and Sinatobia. Love you, guy. Uh, have a good one, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi and on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. And, of course, next week right back here on Thunder and Lightning Live. For Rhino, I'm Hey Dad. Talk to you again soon. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.